Excited to have you with us at this uh, wonderful morning service here on Sunday, Mother's Day. Can't go a year since Daryl said it without reminding him of it. Daryl's famous line, everybody stand up and hug a mother. Um, It's awesome. So great. Uh, We're not going to do that, but what we are going to do is pray for you people. Now, everybody has a mother. Um, You can't get away from it. It's just how it goes. Even Jesus had a mother. Um, And uh, some of us have a great relationship with our moms. Some of us not so much. Um, Some of us, our moms were taken from us way before we were ready. Some of us, we can't wait for them to leave. Um, I'm just, that's so wrong. But no, um, just kidding, Mom. Uh, She listens to these. It's going to be an awkward phone call in a couple of weeks. Um, But some of us uh, look to someone other than our physical, our biological mother, um, and we see them as our mother. Uh, We have spiritual mothers who have guided us. Uh, in, in our spiritual lives and in our lives. And, um, and, and so I just want to take a moment right now to pray for all of those moms um, in, our, in our lives, if you would join me. Gracious and heavenly Lord, we thank you and praise you for those women in our midst who are moms. Some biologically, some spiritually, we thank you for them, for the ways that they have shepherded us, for the ways that they have cared for us, for the ways that they have loved us. There are so many ways that um, through mothers we get to experience you. We thank you for that. I pray upon those who have had bad experiences with mothers. And I pray that you would introduce to them what it means to be loved by a mom. God, we thank you for our moms. We pray your blessing upon them this day and all days. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are in Exodus, Exodus chapter 33. We are slowly leaving um, and, uh, and getting to the end of Exodus and into the summer series about healing. Uh, but today we are um, at this, uh, we had a little debate uh, Tuesday at pastor's meeting, an argument over this, uh, if you will. Um, I was right and some other people were wrong uh, about how you should interpret this scripture and what it should tell you. Uh, it, it, so it's Exodus 33. Starting at verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You call me by name and tell me I have found favor with you. Please, if this is really so, show me your intention so I will understand you more fully and do exactly what you want me to do. Besides, don't forget that this nation is your very own people. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses. I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, hey, if you don't go with us personally, don't let us move a step from this place. If you don't go with us, how will anyone ever know that your people and I have found favor with you? How else will they know we are special and distinct from all other people on the earth? And the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked. For you have found favor with me, and you are my friend. Then Moses had one more request. Please, let me see your glorious presence, he said. The Lord replied, I I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, the Lord, to you. I will show kindness to anyone I choose, and I will show mercy to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, 
for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, stand here on this rock beside me. As my glorious presence passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed. Then I will remove my hand and you will see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in this um, scripture, this is when uh, Moses says, show me your glory. And it's something that there's a song that we sing in here and we're going to sing it after the sermon um, that we sing all the time. Show me your glory. And, and we say these things. And but then you look at this interaction with God here. And when Moses says, hey, show me your glory. One of the things I think we need to do is to rewind to the first encounter that Moses has with God. The first encounter that Moses has with God way back in Exodus, like two or three is um, the burning bush, right? Moses has, you know, he's been the baby in the basket, raised in the house of Pharaoh. He, he kills a man and then he runs and flees to Midian. He grows up, he gets married, all this stuff. He's out in the fields one day, there's this burning bush and he's like, well, that's interesting. Let's go see what that is. And he walks over and he discovers that it is the glory of God inside of this bush. And what does he do? Not a rhetorical question. What does he do? Come on, Daryl. Hides his face. He hides his face. He's like, whoa. The glory of God. Everything happens. You can like fast forward. He goes back into Egypt. All of the plagues. They flee. The parting of the Red Sea. The manna coming down. The quail. The getting water out of the rock. All of this stuff. Now what does he do? Show me. Show me your face. I want to see you. We've been walking for a long time together, God, and I've never seen you. Let me see. Now, here's the argument that we had. Should you ask for this? Should you ask for that? Should you be that, like, have that much chutzpah, as the Jews would say? This, this just, you know, you know what, God? We've been walking long enough. I want to see it. I want it all now. You've said I have found favor with you. Let's go. Now, there are some that were in the pastor's office that said, no, you should not because you're not capable of handling it. Because as, as what happens is God goes, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to walk by, but I'm going to cover your eyes until you just get to see the backside of me. Apparently God has a nice bottom. That's right. That just came out of my mouth. I can't believe I said it either. But, um, but he hides his eyes because encompassing, seeing the entire glory of God would be too much for him to handle. And he would just be overwhelmed so much to the point of death. Because you just can't imagine God. We, we try to put this, we try to put God into like, he's an old man and he's got a beard and he sits on the throne and you know, no, God's bigger than that. We, we can't understand the bigness of God. We just can't get there. And so when God's like, Hey, I like this about you, Moses, that you want to see me, but I'm going to take care of you. There's a Jewish um, thing that says this. I printed it out very small, unfortunately. 
The splendor of Torah is wisdom. The splendor of wisdom is humility. The splendor of humility is awe. The splendor of awe is mitzvah. The splendor of mitzvah is modesty. Now, the mitzvah, this word means uh, commandment. It is the 613 mitzvot, uh, the rules, the regulations, the laws that God gave to the people. These are the things. Now, the root word of this word mitzvah means connection, attachment. In other words, if you want to be connected to God, you live in these mitzvah. You live these rules, these regulations. If you want to be attached to him, you live these things. And, and if you're living these things, you are living modestly. Now, they take this term modest and, and they go a little bit deeper with it. It's, it's something that we think of, you know, if you're, if you're a modest person, you dress in a conservative way and you act. But, but they're like, yeah, that's one thing, the physical, but it's deeper. It's inside. It's inside. Micah takes the 613, if you remember, and he boils them down to three. It has been told you, oh man, what is good and what God asks of you, only that you do justice, love kindness, and walk modestly with your God. Remember, we've talked about this, that the rabbis, you know, used to like to say, okay, 613, let's make it a little more simpler. Micah takes it down to three. Jesus takes it to two. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. The 613 mitzvah, all all of these rules, regulations, they fall into those two categories. Your connection, your attachment to God, and your connection, your attachment to everyone else. If you truly want to live and understand God and be connected to him, as that word says, follow his rules. If you follow the rules that he has set up, then you will connect and attach yourself to your brothers and sisters. There is no more powerful connection than that of husband and wife. There's no more powerful connection here on this earth that we get to experience with fellow man than husband and wife. When you are are, are living with your spouse and you do so in an intimate way, you know them. I mean, you know them. You understand them. You begin to see things that people in the rest of the world don't see because you are special and connected to them in a way that they could never be. You have this intimacy, this this modesty, not just of dress, but of thought that you live in such a way that your spouse sees inside of you. Jenna so often will look at me and she's like, what's wrong? And she knows before I do sometimes that I'm dealing with something. I'm like, there's nothing. Wait a minute. I am a little bit off. When you begin to connect and to live in such a way, this intimate, this, this way that reveals your soul to this other person, you, you have this powerful connection to them. Now, the back of a person is something... Everybody try to see your back right now. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you can't see your own back. It's this part of you that you just, you know, you, you, you can't, you know, lick your elbow and you can't see your own back type deal. And, and it, but your spouse can. And the back here is, is like this part of you that is so deep. 
but your spouse is so connected to you that they see. So when God passes by Moses, he reveals his back to him. Now, we can say that, okay, he was just like, look, this is the safest part of me to see because you just can't handle this. Or, or we could say that God wanted to be so intimate with Moses that he showed him a part of himself that no one else could see. He showed him a deep part of who he was. He revealed to him this inner part of who God was. I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Do you get that? It takes it from this, like this physical representation of God where he's like, oh, the only part of me that you could see, the only safe part is my back. And it takes it from that and it goes, you know what? I want to show you something just amazing about who I am. Think about where Moses went. Moses went from, oh my gosh, God, you know, oh, I can't look at you to God. Show me everything. Show me your glory. I want to see it. And so God, instead of overwhelming him, because look, what kind of loving father would just squash his child when his child is just reaching out in love? No. So God goes, look, I'm not going to show you everything, but I'm going to show you something amazing, something deep. And wonderful and beautiful so that you can be connected to me in a way that you have never been before. Now the argument we had amongst the pastors was, do you ask for that? To show me your glory. And I think if you look at it from this light, absolutely, absolutely you ask for it. Show me. Show me those innermost parts of who you are, God, so, so I can know more about who I am. I want to be the guy you want me to be, but I can only do that with a deep connection with you. If you're married and you have this connection with your spouse and, and you begin to kind of not live as modestly as, as they're talking about here, that you don't have that interaction, this intimacy in such a way that you start losing track of who they are. It just this distance comes, right? And, and it seems like you're just going through the motions of living together in a house. But when it's clicking, and when you, you spend time with each other, and, you, and you, you're with one another, and, and you sit there and you're like, here I am. This is everything I am for you. Your relationship is so much stronger. With God, when, when we want to have a strong relationship, we, we need to say, here I am, God, everything. And God, I want to see everything of you too. In preparation for my summer, I've started writing again. And just nothing of significance, just trying to get into the habit and to get my arm... Um, Sadly enough, trained again because I, I actually, when I like write, I write with a pen um, and it, not like this. And so I'm like, I don't know how to do this anymore. Um, and so I've been writing again. And, and one of the things I did the other day is I just wrote, show me your glory, show me your glory, show me your glory, show me your glory. And then, I, you know, I, I remember the conversation from the pastor's uh, meeting and I was like, 
a little nervous. Uh, no, show me your glory. Show me. I want that. I want that intimacy with God. I want that connection, that attachment to God that is so great and deep that I know who he is. Oh, man. I want that. I want to see the glory of God. I want to experience him in ways that blow my mind. And then I begin to look at you people. And I'm like, oh. Because when you, when you get this attachment with God going strong, it shapes how you interact with the world. How many of you have ever wanted to see the glory of God? How many of you have ever prayed? How many of you ever said aloud, show me your glory? How many of you are a little nervous about this? <laughs> Some of the same people who said, I've prayed it, yeah. I, I said um, once, I have a friend who is real emotional in his um, relationship with God. And, and, and I get emotional up here, but it's usually when I'm speaking about Grace, um, our daughter. But I want that, you know, I I want to be in such a relationship with God that as I am with Jenna, I know when she hurts, I know when she's happy, I can read her. I know her better than anyone. I want to know God that way. I want to move in the kingdom of God and be able to read where he is and go, God's hurting right now because of this, and I need to bring some peace and his love right now. Or God's rejoicing. Let's rejoice right now. I just want to move in the kingdom of God the way he desires me to. In order to do that, I need to know him in ways that I don't yet. So I pray, God, show me your glory. Give me everything. Right now, the worship team's coming back up, and um, we're going to sing a, a couple more songs. And right now, the worship team's coming back up. Okay, thank you. Show me the worship team coming to the stage. All right, um, and, and the prayer team, prayer team members. Are there any prayer team? I thought I saw the Patricks. The Patricks. Um, we'll stand up. Uh, can you all go to the back? Um, is that cool? Yeah. Uh, they're going to be in the back, and you don't have to be here um, uh, for, uh, you don't have to go to them uh, to pray this, but I'm going to invite you, um, but you can. Uh, I'm going to invite you to, to pray, to ask God into your heart more today. Uh, like, this isn't a call to Jesus, this isn't an altar call, right? Who, who wants to give their lives to Christ today? No, we're going deeper than that. Who wants to see it? Who wants to see the glory of God? Who wants to to have revealed to them the soul, the heart, the inner core of who God is? Pray for that. Open yourselves up to it. This may be a bridge too far for some of you right now, and that's okay. It's okay. But for some, you're ready. You're ready to jump in. To not come out. So as they sing this song, you can sing with them, worship with them. Um, but let's do so uh, in a spirit of uh, prayer and openness to the movement of God. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of life that you have given us. And for the fact that you don't want to leave us where we are, but you want to take us deeper into relationship with you. Deeper into an understanding of who you are so that we can know who we are. So God, this morning I ask that you would give us courage to cry out to you for more. For more of your glory. That you would reveal to us who you truly are deep, deep down. So that we might begin to know who we are. God, I pray that you would remove walls. Whatever it is that's that's preventing us from wanting to do this. That you would set it aside. And that you would speak to us so that we might see your face. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.